Last time, three musketeers learned that Guy is missing. He went into the ruins looking for supplies to help the refugees pouring into Westman. Wyatt, a knight from the south, asked them to go after them, since it seemed like they didn't have anything better to do. In the ruins, they follow arrows painting at the floor, and this leads them to an underground subway system. After destroying some skeletons and traveling on the train, they come face to face with a fish person wearing Guy's trademark pot helmet. Why are ghosts so popular at parties? It's because they bring all the booze. Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. Everyone, welcome to another thrilling adventure of Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters. I'm Kurt. I'm Daddy, the Dungeon Master. Sam? Sam is playing Mr. Legs today. Bertie? I'm playing the Izzy. No, no, Sam. Sam is playing Mr. Legs, who is playing Mimi. <laughs> Mr. Legs is playing me. You're playing Mr. Legs. I like it. It's a character and, within a character. Yeah, and, and it's Mimi, a meta performance. Yeah, it's like a dream inside of a dream. It's like Robert Downey Jr.'s performance yeah. in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, exactly. Have you so, but Mimi is the elf druid. Birdie, who are you playing? Galaxy. Galaxy. I'm Birdie. Birdie's playing Galaxy, the elf wizard. And we Galaxy's have playing Matt uh, returning uh, as Dave. And excited about it, as always. Our favorite halfling cleric, favorite, Dave. Very favorite halfling cleric. Okay, Bert. do you have your pencils? Because we got a couple of housekeeping uh, oh, no, items no. that we need to get no. through. Get your pencils, get your dice. Oh, okay, dice. get my dice. So while you're getting those together, but a couple of things about the show. So we've got two different sets of house cleaning I need to get through. So the first one being, I want to do a shout-out to RPGcast.com. I forgot to do a shout-out to uh, Tess in the last episode. Uh, she has a site that lists out RPG podcasts like Dungeons & Dragons and & Daughters. She has a special focus on promoting podcasts with women, LGBTQ, and people of color. So thanks, Tess, for listing us on your site. Um, and again, that site is RPGcast.com. Awesome. Do, we got another iTunes reviews from uh, Sam Culper. Uh, he says, enjoy the show. Keep it up. If you like podcasts, please check these folks out and support their independent podcasters. Keep listening. So thank you, Sam, for, for the review. I do also want to call out that since last time, we had someone... Give us two stars in a review on <laughs> iTunes and didn't say anything beyond just hey, two stars. What's up with that? So if you're if you're hearing this, well, thanks for taking the time for rating us. Um, I guess we'll just try and do better. Two stars. Two stars. It seems oddly specific. <laughs> two stars, right? Yes. I, so I would have one star. I would have expected there be some sort of feedback with yeah. two stars because explanation of such at least we have a, star. a deliberate score. Right. Right. For rating, I should say. I'd give us a two fifty. It's a scale of one to five stars. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a I measure, give that one. Hyperbole is merely a measure I'd of her give enthusiasm. Us a also, Tales from the Fandom uh, is another podcast that that I listen to. Um, I was a guest on podcast on on the podcast Tales from the Fandom, which is hosted by David Ginsburg. Cool. Had a great time. And I uh, want to give him a shout out and thanks for having me on. Um, in that episode, we talk about Dune, 
Uh, Matt, you'll appreciate that because I, I go on a bit of a rant on how much I hate the new Dune uh, books. I'll have to listen to it. Um, we talk about Star Trek and, of course, we talk about Dungeons and Dragons and Daughters on there. Um, so folks should check out Tales from the Fandom. Um, but but David also has another podcast that just came out uh, called Tales from the Five Nations. It's not D&D rules, uh, but it takes place in the world of Eberron, which I think is a D&D world. I'm not sure. But they're using different mechanics for, for playing it. Uh, anyway, I'm excited to to listen to it and hear more about this world and game system that uh, David and his players are using. One last thing, uh, Josh, I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out to Josh. He reached out to me on Facebook to tell us how much he liked our podcast and it's influencing how he plays D&D at home with his daughter. Um, I sent some That's chicken great. scratch of notes and tables to show how I do my planning for our D&D sessions and sent those along and I hope they, they help Josh and, and help him keep playing and keep dungeoning and dragoning. <laughs> so that's the show. So now... Oh, that's the show, so goodbye! No, no, those were those were the housekeeping items for the show. So now, uh, we have the housekeeping items for Dungeons & Dragons. So, technically, let, let's play some Dungeons & Dragons. I thought we just did. Alright, so, Matt, we didn't get into this last time when Nula was playing Deb. Because um, she was new. She didn't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons. And I didn't want to get us bogged down into some of this maintenance stuff that we gotcha. got to do. But last time you were with us, we destroyed the werewolf monster, the master werewolf. And we were surrounded by a bunch of treasure and other magical items Ooh, yeah, and that. gold and stuff like that from his treasure hold. And I said that we were going to take care of that stuff um, later on. So... Couple things that um, we found from that that uh, you folks are going to want to write into your character sheets. So um, I'm going to do this randomly. Let's see here, Dave. You find you have now have a potion of invulnerability, and Dave again. You also have a potion of water breathing, Mimi. You get the potion of acid oh, resistance. Where do we write? Um, on your second sheet, yeah. there should be lots of, not your spell sheet, there should be lots of open treasures, spots. Treasures. Yeah, treasures, you could write some of this stuff in. Galaxy, yeah. you find a scroll of power word kill. It's a very ominous a sounding very spell. Powerful. Is that a necromancy spell? Um, I, I, I think that's the school of magic, and I'd have to look it up. But it's... When you cast this spell, you basically just point at something and say, die, and they die. It's a very powerful spell. This is the most powerful spell that Galaxy has ever come across. Yeah, so I just say, kill, kill, kill. <laughs> no, no, is it a one-time use scroll? It is a, a scroll she can learn. It's from? a one-time use yeah. wait, scroll. Wait, can you cast a spell on Dave saying, kill himself? No, you're not, do not, <laughs> you're not killing Dave. <laughs> Don't kill Dave. I mean, you do get a chance to roll a saving throw. No. Oh, I thought you did with no. power word stunning with, kill. No, with power word kill, um, it's, it, you're dead. Huh. I if, could have swore there was a saving throw. Unless you're, if you're over a certain amount of hit points, then it doesn't work. So, power word kill. You utter a word of power that can compel one creature you can see within range to die instantly. Can I say poop? If the creature you choose has 100 hit points or fewer, it dies. That's right. Yeah. Otherwise, the spell has no effect. Oh, okay. okay. There's no so saving throw. It's just got a hit point. Can, can I yeah. say to someone and say, yo, boop, and then boy, just boop, 
No, because the, the 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 power word is kill. It's kill. It's not. It's not poop. So, but maybe no, because then you won't have cast the spell correctly. Maybe, maybe in kill. your downtime, Galaxy could come could develop a new spell that's power word poop. <laughs> and, no, and you, you make someone poop you their know. pants. And Mimi, you get you find a scroll. Uh, you find a scroll of anti magic field. This is a very very powerful spell as well. A 10-foot radius, invisible sphere of anti-magic surrounds you. This area is divorced from the magical energy that suffuses the multiverse. Within the sphere, spells can't be cast, summon creatures disappear, and even magic items become mundane. Until the spell ends, the sphere moves with you, centered on you. Spells and other magical effects, except those created by an artifact or a deity, are suppressed in the sphere and can't protrude into it. A slot expended to cast a suppressed spell is consumed. While an effect is suppressed, it doesn't function, but the time it spends suppressed counts against its duration. There's a lot of stuff here. I'm not going to read through all yeah, of this. You can, go, you can go over it later. And then but but, but it basically, it's, it's like really powerful. Like, if there's like a magical creature, like they're, they can't exist without magic. If they enter this field, they just cease to exist. Um, yeah. Like, Magic can't be cast in it. If someone tries to cast a spell at you, it, it as soon as it hits the sphere, it goes away. So where we left off last time, the three of you had just gotten off of the the train, the subway, down in the dungeon or the ruins. Mm -hmm. Yep, and we had and we had traveled a long ways away from where we were at. We got out, and then the train sped back the other way that it came from. So now we're in the dark. And oh yeah, and I'm the only one who doesn't have dark vision. Right, but she cast her dancing lights. Correct. And that's when a, a, this fish person, uh, Kuatoa is the name of these people, but it's, you may remember way back when, when we first met Guy, he fought off one of these fish people in the boat Yeah. and he accidentally whacked it across the head with his oar. And that's how he got his oar as his weapon because it seemed to work so effective against, uh, fighting against monsters. So, but this is, this is a little, I shouldn't say it's a little, it's bigger than Dave. It's like five feet tall. So actually, it's about the same size as the girls, because <laughs> they're they're elves. You get out of the train. The train takes off, and you start going through the rock opening, and you kind of find a little trail that goes through goes through the rock, and you come across this this kuatoa, this little fish person, and he's got a he's got kind of a rough spear in one hand. He's got this weird looking leather shield in the other, and it's and it seems to be covered with some sort of gunk on the front of its shield. And, but on top of his head, most noteworthy, is he's got Guy's pot on top of his head. And then I say, you don't see this every day. <laughs> you don't see this every day. So what do you do? Um, I ask, what about the wall? Um, do you know anybody named Guy? He, you lie. The, the, the fish person, he cocks his head to the side. He goes, bloop, Come on, if you know English, shake head if you don't know English. Here, let me try. I say in Elvish, do you speak Elvish? Yeah, and in Dwarvish, what about Dwarvish? I can speak to any animal. Okay. No, Daddy, I can speak to any animal. Is that well? It's not an animal. It's a type of. What does he? It's a creature. Yeah. Galaxy, can, do you have magic that you can use to communicate? I, I can only read. Oh. Can, do you have any, what is his language? He starts to step away from you as you, the three of you start talking about like how you could communicate with this, this creature. And 
not that he's like trying to retreat. He actually takes a couple steps back and he motions with his, with the the hand with the shield in it to like for you to come follow him. I walk toward him. Okay. He let me say something. He stops and he looks at you. I'm insulted. He shakes his head and he turns around and he keeps walking. I don't know what I'm saying. He doesn't know what you're saying either. So you follow him. So you got your dancing lights out, so you can, so Dave can see the way, and you're following behind. He's he's not moving very fast. He seems to be moving at a pretty nonchalant uh, rate. I want the three of you to roll. Guess what? Perception check. Of course. Don't worry, Dave. I'll hold your hand so you don't be scared in the dark. Uh, Dave's not afraid. I got twenty-one. Nice. Afraid of the dark. He needs a nightlight when he's not afraid of anything. He needs a nightlight when he sleeps. She got a natural one. Uh oh, okay. Now you have to make up something that she does. I'm gonna die. <laughs> and I got a, I got a 19. I'm okay. gonna get a concussion. So, Dave got it. All right, so Dave and Mimi, you're walking behind this this fish person, and you do start to hear some noise coming up from around the bend. You can tell that this this fish person is leading us towards something, and you hear that it sounds like that there's maybe more people that's just right around the bend. Galaxy, you don't hear any of this. You're oblivious to it. In fact, you like quicken your step to actually catch up to the fish person and are walking side by side with him now, about ready to turn the corner. I'm like, he doesn't respond back to you when you say that. You're singing your favorite song. You guys, I got a bad feeling about this. Me too. Galaxy doesn't hear you. Galaxy. Can I uh, trot up and catch up to her? You two roll an initiative. <laughs> I want to see who who goes first. Oh, dude, I got 11. You got 11? Okay. Oh, okay, so she had gone first. So she goes first. So she's oblivious to everything. She doesn't hear anything. And she... So Galaxy, you turn the corner with the fish person. And there are seven more fish people standing there. And every single one of them is armed. And a couple of them look like that they're, um, they're armed better than than the others they look like that they they've got some like tridents and weird looking pincher staves and some of them are carrying nets this is my face this is my face (laughs) do you guys catch up to or do you gonna want to try and stay behind around the corner well i don't want to leave galaxy i want to i don't want to leave galaxy too okay i'm afraid she's gonna turn into a bunny so i i was trying to catch up with galaxy and i i would be still trying to catch up with her and i all right so Galaxy and this fish person turn the corner, and they stop, and then you and Mimi, I imagine, are running up behind them, and then stop up short behind them when you see the seven other fish creatures standing there. No, when armed I, and stand, standing aggressively? No, Not standing aggressively, um, but they are all so, armed. So when I walk, so I turn the corner, running, and, I'm like, and then I see them, and I slowly <laughs> back, and then you turn just, into a bunny and run away. Just moonwalk away. And then she turns into a bunny and runs away. All right, well, I'm not going to do anything right. So they're all standing there. They don't make any aggressive movements towards you. But they start talking to each other. So they talk and converse with the one fish person that led you here. And they and they go back and forth. And you see some like nodding and agreement that's happening throughout the rest of the group. And you think he's the leader. He's the biggest one. He seems to have the nicest weapons. Which the still, one who's been leading us? Or? No, no. It's another one that's in the group. Okay. So he's, he steps forward. Mimi, he goes to you. 
And he, he looks at you in the eye with his big, bulbous fish eyes. And you see his eyes go down to your belt, where your scimitar is. And he, he points at it, and then holds out his hand. No. He reaches for your sword. Right. Turn a little. <laughs> <laughs> so you actively, you know, it's like you pull back from him, huh? Okay. <laughs> and he points angrily at your sword again. You want my sword? No. Can you write down it so I can understand? That's when a couple more of the fish people walk forward. And Dave... They're eyeing your mace. Mm, I don't know that Dave would be all that interested in parting with his mace. Then I just put But my, I also, I don't know, torn. Then I just took my wand and put it behind my back. Oh, wait, roll a sleight of hand. 18 plus 3. So okay. 21. So, all right. That, no, you do a great job. You managed to just very quickly just... That's awesome. Out of everyone's purview, you hide your magic just, wand in your belt behind yeah, you. Yeah, I need it. Well, I don't need it, right? It's powerful. Right, so their actions are starting to get a little bit more aggressive towards the they two want of us you. To they kind of forgot about Galaxy because she doesn't look like she has any weapons on right. her. Right. They're like, they want us no to disarm, sense. but I'm—I don't know. I'd be reluctant to part with my mace because it's unique, it's special to my order, and who knows if I'm going to get it back. Right. Not only is it a powerful magical relic, it is—it is your your symbol of your religion and of your goddess. It's sacred. Right. We both have means of defending ourselves without our weapons, but I'm not eager to part with mine. But we also need to figure out what's going on. Oh, what I do, so... They might just be taking us to a prison cell, too. Um, so what I do is I hand him a javelin so he wouldn't take my scimitar. He takes that. He gets a little less aggressive because it seems like you're starting to comply. But he, you can tell he still wants the ja- or he still wants the scimitar that's on your head. This hip. is me. Really? Okay, look here, fish right. I'm not, I'm not giving him my mace. Okay. Look I here. step back and I say, no. All right, so one, one guy reaches for it. You pull back away from him. And in shifting, you come in contact with his, with his slimy body. And you got some sort of leverage or angle on him. And you accidentally knock him to the floor. Uh-oh. So it was just an unfortunate event. Right. So now we are going to roll initiative. Okay. You guys made the decision that you're not going to be handing over your weapons, so we're going to go into combat. So Galaxy, you actually go first. What are you going to do? Should I do Melf's acid, acid arrow? Sure. Because it, it's a really good one, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yep. So I'll shoot up. But there's a lot of them, so that Melf's acid arrow can only be can only target one creature at a time. So you might want to think about... Um, I know, but... That, I'm gonna do like the leader, so then he can't. Sure. Yeah, if you want to. So you Hi. need to. So Melf's acid arrow is a ranged spell attack. So you need to roll to to hit him. Thirteen plus six, so nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, that's definitely a hit. So do you know what the damage is on your Melf's acid arrow is? Forty-four. Four d four. Okay. Yeah. So roll forty-four for me. Four ones? Oh, man. You shoot out your hand. Actually, you would have pulled your wand out from behind your back again and pointed that at at the, the head guy. 
And so then this green arrow shoots out from it and and hits him. I'm gonna say it's gonna it hits him in the in the hip. Ooh. Dave, it's your turn now. Okay, so Dave is gonna conjure his spiritual weapon. Okay. And that's a bonus action. Right. And then I can use a melee spell attack to So then you get to attack with your regular mace and then this spiritual weapon mace. No, because well. I'm doing a melee spell melee attack. So I don't think I get to do a physical attack as well. Oh. Now, next round. Next round you can then do Then I can attack with it as a bonus action. Got it. But this time conjuring is the bonus action. I got a 13 to hit. And who are you going after? Um, One of the little guys or the main dude? I was going to go after the main dude. But I got control. He's the closest and the biggest and seemingly the most deadly. Okay. And also I thought maybe if they lose their leader, they might be less effective or run away or something. Okay. You got a 13? Yeah. That's a hit. All right, cool. So it does nine force damage. Nine damage? Okay. It's the guy that you attacked, uh, that Dave just attacked. It's his turn now, and he's going to strike back out at you. Okay. Oh. class, me. baby. And he does hit. Oh, dang. But he reaches out with this weird kind of like grappling spear thing. Okay. And you see as it comes towards you, it looks like it's got some built-in mechanisms into it. So Uh-oh. it actually, it opens up. Yeah. And it grabs onto you, like around the neck. Oh, jeez. I want you to roll a dexterity saving throw. Oh, uh. got a nine. You got a nine. Okay, it latches onto you, and it it pull. You are now grappled and prone on the ground. Okay. You don't take any damage, but it's like he's got you he's got, got you around the neck, and he's he forced you down onto the ground now. Gotcha. Dory, I have a song for you. I get down, but I'm gonna put it. <laughs> 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 All right, Mimi, it is your turn. All right, flaming sphere. Nice. And are you going to um, cast that onto the main fish guy? Um, yes. All right. All right. So this five foot flaming sphere appears in the darkness. So that means your dancing lights will go out. Uh-huh. Okay. So, Dave, just calling this out because it is dark in the caves that we're at. So the dancing lights go out, but it gets suddenly much brighter because this five-foot sphere of flame appears and lights up everything much brighter. All right, so the big guy, he gets a dexterity saving throw to see if he gets out of the way, and he does not. He's too busy grappling with Dave right now to notice this flaming sphere that has just appeared behind him and slams into him. Can you roll the damage for it? I've got a one and a pass of six. So six? Okay. I get to do flaming sphere every time. Correct, because you're concentrating on the spell right now, and you can move it around and slam it into different creatures if you want. All right. So now, the six other fish people, the six other kuatoas, are going to attack at you. All right. So they're going to go... I'm just going to put two on each of you. How rude. Mimi, what's your armor class? 13. 13? Okay. First one is a miss. Second one is a miss. Oh, but the third one does hit with a spear. Am I next? Yes, I will do you next. Ice cream cake! <laughs> For the record, you need to do that on your turn. So when you are when when you were first able to act, you should have said that right away. I'll let you do that now, but you need to remember you need to do it on your never turn. never let hold me. Okay. Uh, Mimi, you take uh, eight points of piercing damage. Alright, Galaxy? Um... First one that attacks you, he got a critical hit. Are you talking to me? I'm talking to Galaxy, Galaxy now. 
And Galaxy, you take 11 points of damage from that spear hit. Gasp. I'm at 11 now. And one more guy hits you. Now, I want to call out Galaxy. You need to start getting on the ball with your spells a little bit more. Because you do have a shield spell. That it's a reactionary spell. You can use a, re a reaction to cast this spell, and it will bump your armor class up to 19. So this guy's going to hit you with his spear. Do you want to use a spell slot to do your reaction to bump up your armor yeah. class to 19? No worry, it's it's a one-time use. It uses up one of your spell slots, but it lets you potentially avoid getting hit. Would you like to use that now? <gasps> Wait. Yep. You see that there? Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do that right now? Yeah. Okay. All right, so you react very quickly. You throw your hand up in this magical barrier. Uh, this clear, almost invisible magical barrier uh, appears in front of you, and the spear glances off of it. Very cool. All right, so Dave is on the ground. They get advantage against me then, huh? Yeah, they yeah. do get advantage. Two of them hits. I haven't actually taken any damage yet. So they come at you with spears. Uh, you take five points of damage from the first spear, and only two points of damage from the second spear. And the big guy, he seems to be just focused on keeping you down on the ground and keeping you keeping you grappled. That's what that's what he's doing right okay. now. Galaxy, it is your turn now. Remember, he takes some damage. Oh yes, he does. He does take the acid damage. I think that's another two D four, so roll that for me. There you go. Two. Okay. Two. Was much better. Alright, now Galaxy, what are you gonna do? I am going to do something. I'm gonna say why have you been do it. Oh, but then I can't understand them. Yeah. Right. There's no sense trying to communicate. We just got to win the fight. Well, not necessarily. Oh? I don't don't want to I pigeonhole them too much into the actions that they can yeah. do. Fighting yeah. is not always, no, the, you're right. always you're, the option. You're totally right. I was just thinking of the point of view of being in the fight, but I suppose we could always surrender or run away. Burning hands level one. So with everybody that's around you right now um i would say that you could if you focus it on the main guy for burning hands i will let you hit three of the smaller guys as well yes. so burning hands you cast that they get a dexterity saving throw and what's your um spell dc so spell say dc yep 15 oh fi jesus that high very nice the main guy, he makes it. So he's only going to take half damage, but the other three smaller Kuatoas, they do not. But the benefit of him making it is that he had to jump out of the way, and he actually released Dave. So Dave is no longer no longer grapple, there but you are you still go. prone. There you go. All right, roll the damage for me, please. Okay, so four, four, six. Nice. nice. All right, so the big guy, he'll take half damage from that. All right, so so the three Kuotoas that, that you had hit, you hit them really, really good. So they, nice. they, they are not looking great right now. All right, so now it is Dave's turn. Okay, so I use my movement action to get up. Okay. And So you just, boop, stand up. Is anybody in melee range? The Oh, yeah, the the, the main, the, the sort of captain guy, he's still in melee range. Okay. So I'm going to hit well, him. him and there was three others that oh, are around. Okay, really so I'm going to well. hit him with my mace, but I'm going to I can use my bonus action to move the spiritual weapon and strike with it. Oh, before I forget, because you did take damage, 
you need to roll a um, you need to roll a saving throw to for the concentration of the spell. Oh, so what is that? A wisdom saving throw? It's gonna be a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Okay. You would need to get 15 or better. Gotcha. Okay, so I lost control of it. Okay. Um, so then I'm still just going to strike with my, ma my mace at the, at the main guy. At the captain? Okay. Yep. So I got a 22. I'm guessing that's a hit. That is definitely a hit. And then he uh, takes 8 bludgeoning damage. That's a good hit. All right. For Michigan. Crunch. <laughs> uh, all right, so you go and you hit him with your mace. And... When your mace hits him, it grazes up against his shield. And his shield is very, very sticky. Uh -oh. I want you to roll a strength saving throw. Oh, no. Four. Four? Your mace gets ripped out of your hands uh -oh. and is now stuck to his shield. Oh, no. Now roll. Okay. Say, uh, say goodbye. He comes at you with his grappling spear again. And he does. He gets it latched around your neck sure. once again. Roll another dexterity saving throw. Eight. Eight. I'm getting bad saving throws. All right, so he's got your mace stuck to his shield now, and he has now forced you back down onto the ground. You are prone and grappled again. Okay. All right, Mimi, your turn. Okay, so for the flaming spear, let me do six damage. You gonna slam it into the captain again? Mm -hmm. Okay. So he doesn't make his dexterity saving throw this time. So, but he still. So that means he stays on Dave. Dave continues to be grappled and held down on the ground. So you did five points of damage. And this captain, uh, he's been hit a lot, but he he looks like he's still got quite a bit of fight left in him. In him. All right. So now it's the rest of the 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 oh, that are that left. That doesn't count as my turn. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a bonus action, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um. And so now what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come up with my scimitar. You're gonna attack him with the weapon that he tried to take <laughs> from you. Nice, little poetic justice. I got a seven. You got a seven. That's a miss. So, like, oh, so, no, <laughs> no. so you're, you're trying to be all all poetic and give him the weapon that he was trying to take, and then you swipe and you catch nothing but air. <laughs> you just didn't judge the distance quite right. You haven't used your scimitar in a while, so it's like you're, you're just a little rusty with it, that's all. Yeah. All right, so now it's the it's the other Kuotoa's turn, and they're all still up. Except for, well, I mean, those three that uh, Galaxy had burned pretty bad, but they're all all still fighting, so it's going to be three on each of you again. Actually, no, I'm sorry, it, was, it should be two on each of you. Yeah. So I rolled too many times last time. Oh, well. Oh. Maybe you get hit for five more points of damage. Oh my gosh, Galaxy. I'm so sorry. Another one. The same one. Got another critical hit on you. Uh-oh. He has got your number. And you take 10 more points of damage. I'm at one. And it was a critical hit, so you can't use your that shield spell to uh, to block it. Um, and the second one hits you. Do you want to do your reaction shield spell again to block this one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that first guy, he's he's got your number. He stabs you again really good. And the second one, he's coming up. He's about to hit you too. And then you bring that shield spell up again. Now remember, every time you use this spell, it uses up one of your spell slots. You're down two spell slots now. I know, but actually, you're down you're down three because you used you're down four. Use two spells. Use two, two spells reaction. and two sh and two reaction shields. On level one. 
Well, no, your shield would be a level two. So if you use two of your level two, Melf's Acid Arrow would have been level two. You made it, Ireland. And in Burning Hands, you used at level I one. Use, I use Acid Arrow. So. Right. Isn't that level two? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've you used three level two slots and one oh. level one slot. Yep. So Make this sure is, to mark that Yeah, in. so this is something you need to keep track of. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Dave, you were grappled on the ground, and they get advantage, and they both hit you. Uh-oh. You take nine points of damage. And the second one binds your hands together. Does that mean I can't cast a spell? Well, if there's no movement piece. Right. It. So I want you to roll no a symbol, I mean. Yeah, roll a strength saving throw. Twelve. Twelve. I don't get a modifier on that one. Actually, and roll it again. I'm going to give you disadvantage because you're down on the ground right now. Seven. Seven. Okay. So, yep. So you're they, they run up. He stabs you in the other one. While you're getting stabbed, he binds your hands together really, really quick. I was I was not expecting these guys to be manhandling you as as much as they are right now, but sometimes that's that's the luck of the dice. That's what makes yeah. this game so fun. Yeah. All right, Galaxy, it's your turn. I will go around them in with yarn and make them go to the ground. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> you, you don't have a spell that does that. No, I have yarn. You you have do you have yarn written in on your character sheet? Uh huh. Let me see. <laughs> Just shows you were spell sheet from four feet away. <laughs> see, look. <laughs> look, it's there. I have a pillow, I have a boomerang, I have a teddy, I have Bobby, and I have a doorknob. Yep. You have a doorknob? <laughs> Where did you get a doorknob? Okay. Well, regardless, you don't have yarn, so can't do that. No, what are you, <laughs> so what are you going to do? I threw off the dice. Wait, for what, though? <laughs> no, no, shoot your boomerang, it will go, ooh. Okay, I'm gonna do a mage hand. No! <laughs> <laughs> you can't use mage hand. I just love how matter of fact it's like, okay, fine. Mage hand. <laughs> I meant burning hands. Burning, oh, burning hands again? Okay. That's level one. Yeah. No, she meant mage hand. Ugh. Burning hands, they get to roll their dexterity saving throw. Uh, I cannot stand And just like last time, the captain made his, but the other ones did not. They're so, roll the damage. What did we say? It was 3d6? 15! 15, wow. Heck yes. Alright, so the captain, he takes half damage of that. Um, but you now just killed three of the Kuatoas. So there are actually only four of them left. Boom. And the fire just Including happened to the burn captain? through the ropes on my arm. Including <laughs> the captain? So the captain is still up, but he is not looking very good at this point. Dave, it is your wait, turn wait. now. No, is he drunk, so, but he didn't drink? How did they bind me? Did they, like, bind my wrists? Yes. Is it possible for me to get my light crossbow out? I will say yes. Okay. And I'm going to shoot an arrow at the at the boss man who's holding me on the ground. Not the boss man. Nat 20. Ooh. About time, Dave. Uh, 12 points of damage. Total. 12 points. Okay. So you hit him. Uh, you get him with a bolt right in the belly. And he, oh, he is, he's still up, but he's, he's suddenly looking less sure about, yeah. about this fight. And he looks around and he disengages. He, so he takes the thing off of your neck, but you're still on the ground. You're still prone. You got your hands bound together with your crossbow in him. And he disengages and he turns around and runs in the opposite direction. He's got my mace stuck yes, to his shield. Your mace is still stuck to his shield. Oh, man. Let's run after him. So I do, I shoot my flaming spear at him. What is the range that you can move the flaming spear? Or can spear? you use, like, don't you have, like, an entangle feet. spell? 
30 feet. His speed is 30 feet too? So, so yes. Like he'd be at the outer extent of Right, but I I will yeah. Yeah, but he he wasn't yeah he wasn't fast enough to get completely out of out of the range of the flaming sphere. So yep, you can hit him with that flaming sphere. I picture it as like as she's casting the spell, he's like maybe at fifteen feet, and then it catches up to him, like right at that thirty foot mark. You know, that's what I. Picture. I got a six. You got a six. Okay, the flaming sphere hits him in the back, and he drops to the ground. Yes. There's still three fish people around us right now. So what do you do with your turn? Scimitar. Do it. Roll it. A 15. 15. That is a hit. Roll your damage. Six. Six. All right. So you hit one of them. He takes six points of damage from your scimitar. That was Mimi's turn. Now the Kuotoa, the three of them that are left, they disengage and hightail it out of there and go running down the hallway towards where the captain is on the ground and where the flaming sphere is at. Galaxy, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. I could do magic missile level one because then I would get more. I would get four missiles. Right, but this this would be your last spell slot, right? Then you'd be down to just your cantrips after this. Yeah. Okay. So magic missile is one of those few spells that it's... You don't have to roll You don't have to roll. It just automatically hits. You just roll the damage. Damn. So... You got three missiles. There's three guys. You're going to do one on each of them, or are you going to slam all three of them into one? I'm going to do 1d4. Right. So are you going to attack all three of them, or are you just going to try and attack one of the guys? All three. All three? Okay. So, so two. Oh, you add one. Yeah. Okay. Two. Four. All right. So you hit all three of them. You hit them in the back as they're running away, and they go, <laughs> but they no, keep running. They're all still on their feet and, and, and running. And so now, Dave. Uh, I'm going to get up Kay. and use one of the fallen, what are they called? The creatures? Yeah. Uh, Kuotoa? I'm going to use one of the fallen Kuotoa's. You just call them the fish people. Yeah, too. okay. One of the fallen fish people's weapons to cut my bon- my bonds. All right. And would that, would that be my full action? Otherwise, if I still get a movement, then I would head over to the you'd leader. Still get a, I would say you'd still get a movement. Because I want to try and get my mace unstuck from his shield. All right. So you make it over into that area by the flaming sphere, and you're right by, by your mace as well. Yeah. Now it is Mimi's turn again. Yay! Okay, so... you going to use your bonus action to move that flaming sphere into one of these guys? Nice. All right. So, so roll 2d6 for this. I've got four in total. Four in total? Okay. So you move the flaming sphere towards the first guy that gets to it, and he leaps out of the way very, very deftly, and he only takes half damage. It's their turn again, and they keep on running. So they get, so now they're 60 feet away from you guys. I think we should just let them run. Well, it's your turn now, Galaxy. I am going to... You're out of spell out. slots. I'm getting out, getting out my <laughs> it's like I need a rest. I need a rest. Asleep. I'm out of spell slots. I need a rest. <laughs> Dave, you gonna do anything else? No, I'm just gonna get my mace unstuck. I'm not gonna. I don't mind. I don't want to chase after him. Uh, roll, roll, a, roll a strength check for me. Seventeen. Nice. Okay, you do get to yank it out of the way. I re- I was really hoping you, of all the misses <laughs> that you had, that, that was the one. Yeah, because you'd just be stuck. I'd let you grab your mace, but it would have a shield stuck <laughs> to it. <laughs> 
and maybe I'd get lucky at one point when I was like attacking someone with it, the mace, the, the shield would fly off right, or something. Right, Or it accidentally protects you from another attack that <laughs> yeah, you don't see. Yeah, or I like, like I roll a nat 20, and so then I like hit the guy, and then the shield flies off and hits another guy or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mimi, your turn. Why are you putting your I'm dice away? Run after oh, no. So where you're at, how far away can you control Flaming Sphere? I mean, if it has a range, oh, I suppose the range isn't because she yeah. can move it thirty feet, but, but she might how... be able to go up to like sixty feet or something. Right, that's what I'm wondering. Is like how far away can she control this? You can control it up to sixty feet, so you could actually move it another thirty feet towards one of the creatures and do one more attack with a bonus action. You can do that. Yes. <laughs> All right, roll the uh, the two d six. Nine. You got nine. Nice. All right. You kill one of them. So, but I would like to point out that Dave, you are in almost total darkness now because mm. the flaming sphere is too far away. So you could see the flaming sphere way down the hallway, but everything else is almost pitch black for you now. Let me check if my priest's pack has a uh, has torches in it. So Mimi, that was a bonus action to do that. You kill one of them. So there's two Kuotoas that are left, but they're they're hightailing it out of there. Do you want to try and do anything else? I'm running. Okay. So you move 30 feet, they're still 30 feet away from you, and they use their action to run another 30 feet, and they get around a corner and disappear. I keep running. You're going to keep running? Okay. So, Dave, you're messing through your gear blindly, trying to see if you find if you have any torches or candles or anything that could provide you some light. Galaxy, exhausted after all of these spells that she just slung out at these fish people, sits down on the ground and is with taking my pillow. with her pillow and is taking a short rest right now. And and Mimi is still running after the fish people. She's got she's got a vendetta she's against these. Tired. Okay, I've got candles. You got candles? I light okay. a candle and then I head back to Galaxy and I'm going to take a short rest with her. Okay. I was going to heal her, but then I figure I'll just wait and see what we get back. Because we get to roll our hit dice. We'll get to that in a second, because Mimi's still going. That's right. When I sleep. So, Mimi, I you're going to keep running. I no, I know. So and I are you going to keep moving the flaming sphere with you as well so that you can use that? Okay. That's smart. So, you turn the corner, and you don't see the two fish people that are left anymore, but you do see a bunch of ripples and splashing of water, and you catch some movement towards the end of this pool. But So you're facing this watery pool now that it looks like something had just jumped into and dived underneath. You didn't see them, but this is the way that they went, and you see this pool of water that had a bunch of splashing in it. So they jumped in the water, and they dove down into it. I jump into the water. <laughs> All right, you, you jump into the water. You're not gonna so uh, you're not gonna be you're able not to gonna take a rest with us. You're not gonna be able to keep that flaming sphere going. <laughs> All right. So um so you dive into the water, and yeah you can see them. They're they're well I mean they're fish people so they can swim really really well so they're they're flying ahead of you. But, but I they're can in the water. Into a fish. Is that what you do? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Did we write in your character sheet what kind of a creature it is that you can turn into? I think it was a dolphin. No. A guppy, <laughs> a flounder. I think it was a shark. It was like oh, a, it was like cool. a, it was like a reef shark. Yeah, yeah reef oh. shark. Okay, so you turn into. And a then reef... I just eat them. <laughs> <laughs> and when you come up to the surface and 
I spit out their stuff. You, you what? I, no, after I eat them, I spit out their stuff. Okay, no, well, no, a reef shark is not like a great white shark uh, that could just swallow them whole. Reef shark's a little small. Yeah, they're, they're kind of tiny. They're not very powerful. I mean, you could, you can attack them and bite them, but, so for, for example, uh, the reef shark, let me look this up real quick. A reef shark only has 22 hit points. And when it does a bite, uh, the bite is a 1d8 plus 2. I'm gonna bite! Alright, so you you closed it. So as good of swimmers as the Kotoa are, you're a shark. So you're able to close the distance on them very, very quickly. And so, because they're hightailing it out of there, let's see, do they notice you? They do not notice you. I'm gonna give you a surprise attack, so I will give you advantage on this Ooh, bite. La, la. A three. The highest one was a three? Yeah. Okay, so you you went up to bite one of them, and you're not used to being a shark. This is your first time being a shark. So you go out to bite, and you try and nip at one of them on the butt, and they manage to scurry out of the way, no problem. And you hear, they, they get startled, they both turn around. This is them. All right, Mimi, it's you and the two Kuotoa. Roll initiative. It's a fight. It's a fight. Mimi's having a fight on her own. I got a nine. You got a nine? That they got an eight, so you get to go first. Oh. All right, so but you're a shark. All right, so you're gonna try and are you gonna bite them or are you gonna swim away or what are you gonna, gonna do? Bite. You're gonna bite. All right. I'm not ending until they are gone and dead. Okay, <laughs> bite them. Roll a twenty sider. I got a four. You got a four. I did so much. Better. Yep. So you you go out to bite them again and they swim out of the way. Uh. So they're both going to attack you now, and they both hit. Uh oh. Ooh. So the first one you take nine damage, and the second one you take five damage. So you take fourteen in total. So you, so as a shark, as a reef shark, you have twenty-two hit points. So you just took fourteen. So that leaves you. So you've got you've got eight hit points left. All right, now it's your turn. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go bite. You're gonna bite him again. All right. Well, I die. You guys are saving me. No, we're not. I got a 14. 14, that's good enough to hit. Yeah. All right, so your bite attack as a reef shark is 1d8 plus 2. So roll a d8 and then add 2 to it. Okay. I got a 3. Is that with the 2? You got 3 total. Oh, boy. All right, they're both going to attack you again. And they both hit. Uh-oh. Uh, and you take... So the first attack hits you and reduces you to zero hit points as a shark. So you turn back into Mimi underwater. So then the second one hit you and you take eight more points of damage in your regular Mimi elven form. So subtract eight from your hit points there. And... You're now an elf. You're underwater. You can't breathe underwater. <laughs> and so I have 17 hit points, so I just swim up and go to take a quick rest. I would just leave up. <laughs> so she's oh. running away. Yeah. Okay, so you're going you're gonna to disengage and run away. So one thing I should point out is that as a shark, you can swim much further and faster than as an elf. So... Roll a perception check for me real quick. Uh, really? 
Is that including your modifier for perception checks? So you got 11? Okay. So, all right, so you start, so you're underwater now, and you try and get away from the Kuotoas, and you start swimming away. You start swimming up to get to the surface, and when you get to the, to the surface, you hit rock. There's, you're no, there's no longer open water above you. So when you are swimming as a shark, you follow these Kuotoas down into an area that was further down in the rocks. So you have to swim further back before you can get to an area of the water where you can break the surface. So that so that was your turn. So you moved away from them. And they were not interested in continuing the fight either. So they took off the other way. But because you're starting, I want you to roll a... I'm not quite sure how this works. I'm just going to make this up. Yeah. Uh, roll a constitution check for me. 14. 14? All right. You're able to hold your breath. So you're okay. So do you want to keep swimming in your elven form or do you want to try and do something else? Okay. So you're going to keep swimming? Yes. Alright, so you swim 30 feet. You still haven't broken the surface of the water yet. I want you to roll another constitution check for me. I got a 15. 15, alright. You're still good? Alright, you swim another 30 feet, and you do now finally break the surface of the water, and you take a big gasping breath as the water comes off of your head, and you can you can breathe the 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 cold cavern air again. Then we take a nice rest. Mimi comes back to you too. I was just starting to get worried about you. Mimi. Dripping water, uh -huh. head to toe. She I'm looks a little worse for wear. Bleeding from wounds. Yep. I'm not letting you hold. Come have a seat. All have right. we got like a little fire going at this point? You tell me. Oh, well, I suppose what would we use to light a fire? We don't have any wood. We're down in a cavern. So we're just sitting around. I my have candle. wood. Where do you have wood? You have firewood, like, just in your backpack? Mm -hmm. You carry around a bundle of firewood? I doubt it. <laughs> I so and we're sitting I, around I my candle out, that I, I lit. I pull out my sleeping bag. Maybe eating a little bit of rations and right. just resting. I so pull Mimi, I think matches. Is... You have matches? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and I have wood. No, you don't. Nobody has wood. Nobody's just carrying around. You could, <laughs> I'll tell you what. You could start a fire, but you have to burn your boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone has a chance to roll hit dice to get hit points back. So, Birdie, you have four. Everyone's at level four, so everyone has four hit dice. So you could roll four d6 right now and get those hit points back. I, I thought I was done. So, but Mimi, you because you're a druid, I believe your hit dice is a d8. Look on your character sheet where it says... It's under your hit points. One d8, yeah. Okay, so you could roll four d8, and that's how many hit points you could get back. Four. And same for Dave. Same for Dave. I got 12. Okay, so you get 12 hit points back now. So you were at one before, so how many do you have now then? Uh, 13 now. 13. All right, so after this, this hour-long rest, you have 13 hit points now. And I got 18 back, which was more than enough to fill me up. So are, how, are you full again, Mimi, or, or Galaxy? I'm so full. You got 13 back, 14. but you were at one? No. Yeah. I got She's nine a, she has a total of 13. Total of 13, Okay. I got nine so I'll, I'll hit heal points her back. The, I'll heal her some more when our short rest is over. I got okay. You only got nine hit points. Yeah. Oh wow. Eight. So she's eight shy. Okay. So then I think the best thing to do, since I have to heal both of them. All right. So galaxy. Yes. Let's see. Oh, I just roll. How much? Yeah, I just roll. I don't have Give to roll. Give me like, a. You just walk over, touch her. Ten. You get 10 hit points. And, and I have 23, and that is over my Yeah, thing. so you're full. 
I'm full. So, Mimi, so you should be back to 22. Mimi, you get 14 hit points back. That's more than I need. All right. so you're full up too. And I got full from my hit dice, so we're all we're all healed up. So you guys take your rest. Um, Birdie, I think you actually do get some spell slots back. So for wizards, it's called an arcane recovery. That's Birdie? right. Yeah. You have learned to regain some of your magical energy by studying your spell book. So during this rest, you sat down, you pulled out your book, you started studying mm-hmm. it. And so once per day, when you finish a short rest, you can choose expended spell slots to recover. The spell slots can have a combined level that is equal to or less than half your wizard level rounded up. And none of the slots can be six level or higher. So because you're level four right now, you can choose to get one level two spell slot back. I'm level four. Yes, you are. Two. No, no, no. no. It's it's a little you're confusing. At, you're, your, yeah. your character is level four, but you have level two spells available to you. Bertie, you can choose to get back one level two spell slot or two level one spell slots. One level two. One level two. All right. So you guys are rested up as much as you can be after sitting down for an hour studying your spell book. Yes. What do you, so what do you do now? I go back and do that pool to see if they're still there. Okay, you want to? Okay, you want to keep going after the fish yeah, people. I'll go with. Okay. I said I will not rest until I find out. Okay. So are you gonna try? Are you gonna change into a shark again to swim through there? I'm gonna. If she's going, I'm going too. I'm gonna drink my potion of water breathing. And okay. I'm gonna pray to have bacon back. <laughs> <laughs> well, ba- bacon can't breathe water, so bacon would not be able Do to help you, you in this situation. Me, or no, galaxy. I want him Galaxy, do you have any spells that allow you to breathe water? You have a, I forget what it's called. It's like, is it transformation? It's, but it's a spell that you can transform yourself to have claws or horns. Um, also, she could have gills. She could change herself so that she could have gills. I forget what the name of the spell is. Is it like, let me look. Alter self? Alter self, yep. yes. Alter? that. Yep. yep, that is it. Yes, so is that a level two spell? Level two, yeah. It is level two. Oh, that's a good thing. Then that's the spell slot that you chose to get back from our short rest. So you swim for hundreds of feet in the ilky black water. And you come out on the other side. There's nobody around, but you can definitely see that there's footprints that are leading from from the water. I assume that you keep following them. You keep following them. And eventually... You come to a large stone door. It looks very similar to the stone door that we went through a long time ago. When we first got into the ruins, there was that big stone door that had the mace slot in it that Dave stuck oh, his yeah. mace into and opened it up. This one doesn't have that slot, though, but it looked, but the door looks very similar. It looks very old, looks very thick and big. But what do you do? It doesn't have the mace slot. does not have the mace slot. It's a smooth, well, not smooth, but it's a rough, rocky, unbroken surface, but with a big seam that runs down the middle, so it looks like the door opens up in the middle. I'm going to try and push it. Nothing happens. Open sesame. The door starts to open. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. And the door opens up, but on the other side are 50 Kuatoa. Close sesame, close sesame. <laughs> the, door, the, the door keeps opening, and there's there's one, and you and this is when you notice that there's one Kuatoa that's standing out in front, and he is holding up a staff that's glowing, 
and you surmise that it's actually him that opened the door. Not, <laughs> not you saying, open sesame. And one of the Kuotoa that's standing next to him is one of the Kuotoa that, that ran away from you. And he's got Guy's pot on top of his head. And there's now 50 of these Kuotoa all pointing their spears at you. 